This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. What's up, guys? Welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. I'm Coach John, sitting at the table with Aaron. Aaron, what's up, man? Hey, John. Doing good today. Excited to be here again. Yes. Um, what are we talking about, man? All right. So today, we're going to talk about something that every single young pro wrestler is going to hear probably multiple times in their wrestling career, and that is slow down. But we're going to talk about what it really means to slow down in the ring, okay? So it is a universal truth. If you begin the journey to become a pro wrestler, you will eventually hear a wise old veteran say the phrase, you gotta slow down, kid. It's almost like a rite of passage. I heard that phrase many, many times, you know, in my time in the ring. Um, sometimes warranted, sometimes not. Uh, but it is something that we all need to hear. And more importantly, it's something that we all need to understand. I think that that's really what spurred me on to creating this podcast today, this episode today, I mean, because... I think that so, so many people say, you need to slow down, you need to slow down. Oh, everything looked good, but you need to slow down. They always say that, but if you were to stop them and say, well, what does that mean? Yeah. It would be hard for them to exactly explain it. So that's what we're here today. We're going to talk about when, where, and why would you ever slow down inside the pro wrestling ring? Man, I love that. Yeah. Uh, we use this in strength and conditioning, mm-hmm. too. It's like slow down. Yeah. And being able to break it down to sure. what that means. Man, I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, before we get started, Strong Style is our program that we created for pro wrestlers to train inside the gym. This is going to give you the look and the feel that you need to be a pro wrestler. If you feel like you're wasting your time inside the gym when you're training, this is the program for you. It is available right now. There are links in the description. You can also check us out, www.howtobecomeaprowrestler.com. Man, and John, we yep. got some guys crushing this. Destroying it, And I, and I yeah. love seeing it. Um, if I can just give a shout-out to Casey. You should. Man, he's a monster. Yeah, yeah Casey, yeah. If, you're, if man, yeah, yeah. He's, he's been doing awesome. He's posting some of his stuff on the yeah, uh, yeah. private Facebook group. But I love seeing it, man, and seeing how uh, much he's been progressing and hitting those PRs. I like watching Casey because he's doing Strong Style really in two different gyms. He's doing it yeah. at, at – he, he has a – he works at an office that actually has a gym, which is pretty nice. That's pretty cool. Um, and then he has a, a, a decent home gym, mm-hmm. but he's you can see, like following the videos, that he has to makeshift some of the movements that he has to have. Like we ask him to do a really heavy goblet squat. He doesn't have a heavy enough dumbbell or kettlebell, so what he does is he holds two dumbbells yeah. at the same time. It's very impressive. Um, I love seeing stuff like that. I love seeing, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. Like if you're going to do something to the best of your ability, you're going to find a way to do it. And he's just like, well, I know that I'm stronger than any one of these dumbbells, so I guess I need to hold two of them. You know, And I love that. I absolutely love that. So Casey's a great one to take example of, like, you can do this program minimalistically at home with just a, a simple set of equipment, okay? You can make it happen and make it work. So check out Strong Style, guys. Yeah. All right. So on to the topic today. It's not too difficult to understand why we need to slow down in the ring when we just get started. Just like when you learn to drive a car, you know, you need to learn to take things slow at first. Understand where things are and how to react to them. You know, uh, running 100 miles an hour in your first match is not recommended, just like driving 100 miles an hour on the road is not recommended, right? You're going to be sure to miss something, um, and it could be something that gets you 
or yourself injured, just yeah. like driving. You're going to plow in through a, a, a stop sign or a red light or something and possibly injure someone else. Pro wrestling is the same way. You go too fast, too soon, and you end up having a lot of issues down the road if you make it that far down the road. So there's really an art to moving gracefully inside the ring. And it should look graceful, okay? Pro wrestling is essentially a dance. And, you know, and I'm sure uh, uh, that same wise old veteran that told me to slow down just heard me say that pro wrestling's a dance and rolled his eyes, okay? Because another one that we always hear is, this ain't ballet, kid. Like, I've heard that before as well. I get that, and it's absolutely true. You know, but um, you know, that's another popular phrase. It ain't ballet. I get that, but I don't care, okay? Wrestling is an artistic expression of sports and entertainment. It is a dance, and I absolutely love it. It's a tough dance, but I love it, all right? So you can't start fast. One small mistake, like missing the top rope on a, on a run, forgetting to tuck your chin properly on the, you know, the 11th out of the 29 bumps you're going to take in this match, can spell absolute disaster, not just for the match, but for your entire career. So, you know, begin off on, you know, on uh, being off, like, like, let's say you're off on the timing of, of a suplex or maybe like a, a gorilla press slam. You know, it just looks sloppy at best, and at worst, it leaves you or your opponent injured. So you just can't take any risks there. There's no risk there. Um, know that, you know, just like most things in life, with experience comes familiarity. So then you will be able to move quicker, but maintain efficiency. So I, if you follow me on social media, you know that I'm absolutely obsessed with sleds. I love sleds. I think everybody should be pushing a sled in their gym. Um, I'm very, very passionate about those. And I teach three things when it comes to the sled. And recently, over the past couple years, I've started to use that in pro wrestling as well. I just never saw how well they connected together. But it's three rules. Rule number one is feet. So first thing I do when I teach somebody how to use a sled in the gym is I teach them how to use their feet. I teach them how to properly push through the balls of their feet and spread their toes and drive through their feet. Your feet are not flat. They're not turned out sideways. You're pushing through it just like a sprint or something. The second thing I teach them is rhythm. So rhythm just means you create a tempo that you can maintain for whatever duration I've prescribed. If I tell you to push the sled for for 45 seconds, I want you to be able to push it rhythmically at a perfect tempo for that entire 45 seconds. And that could take a couple rounds to get used to, but then you find that pace that you're like, okay, I can maintain this. You know, you go too fast in a rhythm, what happens? You 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 die out, you you gas out, you have to stop and rest. You go too slow, you feel nothing. And and honestly, if you go too slow, you can't have the feet proper. Yeah. If you go too slow, your feet don't want to maintain that like athletic stance. They just like flop naturally, like like if you were walking at the grocery store or something. And then the third and final rule of pushing a sled that I now relate to working out in the ring as well is speed. So when your feet are perfect and your rhythm is awesome, then you add speed. That's when you get fast. Speed comes last after you have mastered all the other basics. So there is a huge difference between what you do in training and how your body reacts to, to say, you know, like a quiet gym in front of your trainer while you're wearing comfy gym clothes and, you know, what you do in the ring in front of a crowd with your gear on when you're a little self-conscious and you got live people yelling at you and you're having to react to the crowds and whatnot, there's a huge difference, guys. The emotions, the nerves, the sensations can absolutely overwhelm you and you have to get reps in. You got to get reps in and master the basics all over again in front of a crowd, okay, before you can start adding speed to your performance. So what I'm trying to say is, when you're training, in you know, if you're let's say you're you're at a wrestling school and you're actually training and you're working in the ring with a coach and they are pushing you hard and you feel like you are freaking nailing it and, and your coach is proud of you and you're nailing it and it's awesome and you're jumping in and out of the ropes and you're running the ropes super fast, you're jumping to the top rope, 
Guys, once you get out in front of a crowd, that stuff can change. So you can't think that just because you mastered going 90 miles an hour in, in your, your quiet gym that you can now instantly in your very first pro wrestling match in front of a crowd ever go 90 miles an hour again. you got to slow it back down, rein it back in. You have the skills, and now you just have to learn how to use them in front of a live audience. Hey, John, i got a question What's up? for you. I don't know if you can do this verbally or not, mm-hmm. um, but... You know, we're relating, if you're relating this to pushing the sled, yeah. how does that work when they're like when they're running the ropes? Like, mm-hmm. is that something you could break down? Yeah, well, anytime. Kind of- so, in running the ropes, definitely as you're moving across the ring and not just running the ropes, but like running the turnbuckles or anything like that, as you're moving, you are moving with that athletic foot, that, that ball of your foot, mm-hmm. toe spread, driving, your calf muscles getting a big stretch as you push through that back leg and, and land forward. I mean, that's exactly the same as a sled push. Hitting the ropes, not necessarily. Um, typically on hitting the ropes, there, there's multiple different ways to kind of uh, have it done. And some people have their feet square into their hips. Some people have one foot back in a more athletic stance and one foot flat. Um, so that's a little bit different because you're actually springing off the ropes. But the run itself it's exactly like that. When you run the ropes, and I teach people to run the ropes, I teach them feet first, but it's not like the sled in terms of like where the feet go, uh, uh, or maybe like pressing through the balls of your feet. Mm-hmm. It's feet first in terms of this, much like a dance. You're never like, you're never crossing your ankles. You're not going to yeah. trip yourself up. You have to be athletic the entire time. You have to be aware of where your feet and your opponent's yeah. feet are at all times. So feet Absolutely come first when it comes to moving in the ring or running the ropes, like you said. After that comes rhythm. So if I'm teaching somebody to run the ropes, I need them to be able to run the ropes. If I tell them to hit the ropes 20 times, I want them to maintain consistency the entire time. As a matter of fact, as a coach, if I tell you to run the ropes 20 times, I want 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20 to be faster than 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. So you should be able to actually increase the speed at the very end of your your running set as opposed to the very beginning because you are getting into your rhythm. And once you have your rhythm, you can increase speed. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that it's perfectly applies. It's what what I, yeah, that's that's you're exactly right. So it applies greatly with what you do on the sled to how you move inside the ring, for sure. So guys, real quick, strong style. The link is in the description. That is our strength training program that will help you master this footwork that we're talking about right now, help you master the strength skills that you need to translate from the gym to the ring, and the link is in the description. The first strength training program created by pro wrestlers for pro wrestlers. Check us out, www.howtobecomeaprowrestler.com. All right, so we've talked about why a fresh upstart to the pro wrestling business needs to move slow. So why and when should a more experienced wrestler slow down? Mm-hmm. You know, when if you have maybe mastered some of these things, why should you slow down? I love talking about this because this is where the real nuances of pro wrestling's come into play. So, you know, as you first begin your journey as a pro wrestler, you are, you know, you're kind of transitioning into becoming an athlete. You're you're, you know, maybe you were before, maybe you played other sports, but you have to get the physical side of it down. Then you start to actually wrestle in front of crowds and you have to start respecting the, the, the mental side of it. And what we call that in pro wrestling is the psychology. So the psychology of pro wrestling, the way that you can emotionally create a response from the audience you know, or anyone watching from your peers in the back to the announcers that are calling your match. Um, the referee, everything creates a performance that creates a response. That's the psychology of wrestling. So... Here is one awesome reason that anyone who, who is already experienced 
needs to maybe think about slowing down. And I actually really love this one. And let's think about if you have a match and you have the, the great honor of having announcers at ringside actually providing commentary for your match. You know, I've had some great commentators talk about my matches before. So one of the great reasons to slow down in pro wrestling is to give the announcers time to talk about you. I absolutely love this yeah. one, and I'm going to break it down for <clears> you here. So a buddy told me, he's a ring announcer, a, a local ring announcer, and... He told me that when he does um, commentary on a pro wrestling match, and if all he sees are moves, 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 constantly moves, what does he talk about? He talks about the moves. That's what he talks about. He has to. He has to call the action. He has to talk about the moves. But if somebody performs a move or takes a move and then they sell and he gets to talk about the move, but he gives them time to really really talk about the move properly. And then it happens again. You get more selling. And then you get that huge sell, like that boom, 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 that fast-paced pro wrestling. And then you get that big, giant sell. Guess what he gets to talk about now? He gets to talk about you. He gets yeah. to talk about you, the pro wrestler. So the slower pace and the rest gives the announcer time to speak about you, the actual character, not just the action. So he can start describing to the fans why you're important why are you you know challenging for this championship or why you know why is it why are you the underdog like why are you in this position and why should we care the announcer can help get that point across but only if you give him an opportunity to speak and if all you do is moves 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 he's never going to have that opportunity to talk about how you struggled for months to fight this overwhelming bad guy champion and now you finally made it to the main event, your first main event in your life and this is you know, an honor for you and uh, your, your father passed away and you're doing this in his name and all this stuff. Like All these great things that could be a part of your story mm -hmm. don't get talked about unless they, you give them time to talk about them. So keep that in mind, guys. You want the announcers to have an opportunity to talk about you. Here's another great one. All right, It lets fans digest what they are seeing. So really think about it. You know, think about it like this. Okay. So you got a plate of food, right? Maybe you're, you're a, you're a steak, mashed potato, candy carrots, roasted broccoli. All right. Like you got this beautiful plate of awesome homemade food, or you got a nice cheeseburger, you know, slab of bacon and a pile of your favorite French fries. Okay. We all like our different things. That's fine. But now what I want you to think about is taking that amazing plate of food and dumping it all into a blender. And I want you to absolutely liquefy that food. And after you've liquefied all those things together, I want you to tip that sucker upside down and drink it. Does that taste as good as it would have tasted with all the components separated on your plate? Probably not. All right? Probably not. And that's what happens to your match in a fan's eyes if all you do is move, 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 and never stop to let something register and make an impression with the fans' minds. All right? Think about that. I'm not saying... That there isn't a time for crazy fast-paced sequences. Lord knows you can find some YouTube videos of me doing them, okay? And, you know, the amazing series of quick movements and strike exchanges and all those great things that we love to do as pro wrestlers. There are times for those things. But just like that steak you had earlier, they should be rare, okay? So keep that in mind, guys. You should make those moments more special by making them less frequent. You don't need... Every single pro wrestling match out there does not need what we call a strike exchange, which is where... The, the good guy hits, and then the bad guy hits, and it's boo, yay, boo, yay, boo, yay. I mean, not every match needs these things, okay? Save those for special occasions, for big-time matches, 
save those for opportunities where you know, admit to yourself that you are a important enough good guy or bad guy to warrant those boos and yays. Because the worst thing that I ever see is when two, you know, I'm sorry, but like halfway mediocre, or maybe that's a that's a bad word. Maybe just unrecognized, unestablished talent that's yeah. still on the up and coming thinks that they need to go out there and do spots like that when they haven't connected with the crowd yet. Wait until you connect with the crowd before you do those things. I promise the opportunity will present itself. All right? You should be spending more time selling and allowing fans to absorb the great story that you are telling. All right? Yeah, that's a great one right there, John. For sure. I, I, I love that, and I, I, I really had to sit there to think about that one, you know, mixing all the food together and stuff, because that's, that's what I'm talking about when guys, when older guys... Um, I'm not trying to throw any older guys under the bus, but like when they tell you to slow down, mm-hmm. I think it's hard for them to properly. They they know what they're mm-hmm. trying to say, I think, but they don't really know how to articulate it. So that's kind of how I like to visualize. That's how it works for me as a as a good old boy from Oklahoma. Is that you know take your awesome plate of food, dump it into a blender, and just suck it down liquefied, and tell me that tastes as good as it would have tasted you know individually and slow over time. It doesn't. All right, it absolutely doesn't. So no, but you're absolutely right because yeah. as a fan, as me uh-huh. watching it. You know, I want to get sold into the story. Mm-hmm. And you're right. When it goes too quick and it's just, and I'm not bought yeah. in and I'm not sure, like, yeah, yeah. even if I know who the, the face is and the hill is, sometimes yes. if they're going too quick, it's even too hard to buy into what's happening. Right. So, yeah, that, that's a great one. Thank Absolutely. Well, I'm going to wrap it up, guys. But listen, this is what I really want you to take away from this episode today. The more you do, the less it matters. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's just facts. I'm talking about inside the ring, really. But the more you do, the less it matters. And the more you do more likely you are to screw up. That's that's another hard fact, okay? The more you do something, the more and more and more you add on top of yourself as far as sequences go inside the ring and trying to create more and this and that. And, oh, we need more. We need another move and another move and another spot and a reversal and a kick out. We need more. We need more. We need more. The more you do that, the more opportunities to screw up you accomplish. And here's something that I had to learn the absolute hard way, but it is pure facts. And I'm going to tell it to you right now. Fans... The wrestling fans, the ones that really matter, the ones that paid their hard-earned money to come watch you, they only remember two things about every single match they watch. Two things only that they remember. Number one, the finish, the last part of the match. Mm-hmm. Was it good? Was it bad? Was it clean? Was it articulate? Was it who did the good guy win? Did the bad guy win? Did they screw it up? What happened? They remember the finish. The yeah. second thing they remember about your match is the biggest mess up. Mm-hmm. Okay? The biggest flaw that you have in your match is going to be the other thing that they remember. The finish and the biggest botch, as we would call it in pro wrestling. The botch. If there is one, I hope there's not. I hope you have plenty of matches. May there never be a botch in your matches. I hope not. Um, But they will remember it. Those are the two things. So the more stuff you do, more opportunities you have to screw up and have them remember that instead of the Mm -hmm. awesome match you could have had by just cutting out 90 seconds. Or keeping the match the exact same length but instead of doing 90 more seconds of running the ropes, you did 90 more seconds of selling and expressing your emotions to the crowd and drawing in that kid in the front row that wants to be you someday by, you know, uh, uh, by asking for his help because you're struggling, you're the good guy, and you reach your hand out to him, and, and he reaches his hand out from the front row, but then the heel pulls you back. Like, all those great emotions that you could be doing instead of just another DDT, uh, another, you know, scoop slam and a pile driver or whatever. Like, keep that in mind, guys. The finish... And the screw-ups, those are the things they're going to remember. And you want them to remember them for the right reasons. You want them to remember the finish because it was awesome, and you don't want them to remember any screw-ups at all because there weren't any. So there you go. If the biggest screw-up is that the the, – 
I don't know, the referee uh, um, gets in front of the, the camera or something. Like, that's okay. Like, yeah. we'll take that one. We'll take that one. But other than that, you don't want any kind of screw-ups, okay? Keep that in mind next time you're creating your artwork. That is what pro wrestling is. Yeah. It is a piece of art. I want you to keep it clean. I want you to keep it crisp and absolutely beautiful. Because we love pro wrestling and we love to watch it. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode. There is a link to Strong Style in the description. The first pro wrestling strength training program. This is the plan that you need to complement your training style. You don't know what to do in the gym? We are going to help you find that out. We're going to help you every single step of the way. Like Aaron mentioned earlier, follow us on Facebook, guys. You can go to that Facebook group and see Casey's awesome videos. There are other people posting in there about Strong Style as well. You can follow right along with them. You can ask us anything if anything's unclear in the Strong Style program itself. We try to get back to people as quick as possible because we want you to have the best experience that you possibly can with this program. We're very proud of it. Yes. So, guys, check out Strong Style. Link's in the description. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast where we teach you all the skills that you need to go from your living room to the main event. And don't wait for your opportunity, guys. Take it.